This is Publisher's Lunch for Wednesday, November 9th. Among the 67 new deals for the day is Columbia MFA and producer for the Netflix documentary Descendant, S.E.J. Chambers' Swift River going to Simon & Schuster in a major deal in a preempt. And two books by TV producer Tiffany L. Warren, A Swan Song and A Harlem Wedding, going to William Morrow in a good deal in a preempt. Today's headline is Harper's sales fell sharply on big returns and lower orders from Amazon. The effect of Amazon's much-talked-about reset of its book industry levels and right-sizing of its warehouse footprint is front and center in News Corp's fiscal first-quarter account of HarperCollins' performance, and the impact is clear. Sales at Harper fell $59 million in this period, down 11% to $487 million. The changes at Amazon resulted in lower order volume and higher returns, despite consumer sales data remaining consistent with prior quarters. Foreign exchange, due to the strong dollar, cost the company $22 million in the quarter as well. Backlist sales comprised about 65% of sales in the quarter, attributed to interest in Tolkien following the streaming of Rings of Power, versus 62% the prior year and 60% the year before that. Those factors weighed heavily on EBITDA, which fell by more than half to $39 million, down from $85 million a year ago. In addition to the Amazon returns and currency effects, they experienced higher manufacturing and freight costs due to the impact from ongoing supply chain and inflationary pressures, particularly partially offset by lower costs due to lower sales volume and lower employee costs. Looking forward, the company says, the supply chain and inflationary pressures are expected to continue to impact the business in the near term, but at a more moderate rate. Expanding on that general positive forecast in assessing the Amazon changes, they view neither factor as reflective of core business conditions or our long-term potential. As executives signaled, Amazon accounted for almost all the sales decline and much of the profit decline as well. CEO Robert Thompson noted that Amazon changes affected many publishers, including HarperCollins. He said Amazon's impact accounted for almost the entirety of HarperCollins' revenue contraction and the vast majority of its profit decline this quarter. At the same time, we are absolutely focused on cost control at HarperCollins and the imperative to improve margins in these challenging conditions. CFO Susan Pinuccio reiterated, we estimate Amazon accounted for almost the entire year-over-year revenue decline and the majority of the EBITDA shortfall. At the same time, we have not seen similar inventory level adjustment 
from other book distributors or retailers. Thompson told analysts the Amazon effect is ephemeral, not eternal, but meaningful, while noting the demand for books is undiminished. At the same time, Brian Murray and his team are resolutely focused on cost control. Pinuccio added, they are expecting to see some impacts coming into the second quarter from Amazon as well, but expect the second half of the fiscal year to pick back up. For his part, Murray told us, this is Amazon trying to improve their margins, and I think there's some nervousness in general about the economy and spending levels, and they experienced the cutbacks from Amazon stores in multiple territories. We reached out to Amazon for their assessment of the situation. Amazon spokesperson Lindsay Hamilton wrote, We are continuing to work closely with publishers to maximize sales across the breadth of their titles and offer the best possible book delivery experience for customers this holiday season. So far, HarperCollins is the first large publisher to comment publicly on inventory adjustments at Amazon, as well as the first to show a significant change in reported results. As previously reported, Simon & Schuster continues to enjoy record sales, and Hachette Book Group said their third quarter was slightly behind an extraordinarily strong 2021 like-for-like and up overall on the Workman acquisition. Publishers of various sizes have been flagging Amazon inventory issues to us on background recently, and executives in multiple areas believe Amazon has lost some market share recently, which may be a factor in print sales running behind last year's record levels. Similarly, multiple people speaking on background told us Amazon's book supply chain remains less efficient than it was previously, creating a variety of issues. At the same time, others confirm that general consumer demand remains robust. Out-of-stock messaging on important titles remains limited, and many sectors of physical book retailing are doing well and outperforming the overall print sales data. Much is still riding on how the entire supply chain holds up as holiday demand scales up, and Amazon remains a big part of that. Back to HarperCollins, Murray also says that after thinking supply and demand will rebalance and costs will come back into line in such areas as freight and manufacturing, that now it looks as if some of these costs are just going to remain high for some time. He adds, these other costs issues are sticky, and I think it's going to take some time for them to settle. List prices mitigate some of these challenges, but they don't overcome them. The rough quarter, high expenses, and that executive imperative on cost control sets up ominously against the strike called for starting November 10th by the HarperCollins Union if the new contract terms have not been agreed upon. Murray commented, there may be this feeling that the industry and the business has done so well, but we see a lot of headwinds at the moment. 
I'm disappointed that we can't reach an agreement, he noted. We keep negotiating in good faith and said, I feel pretty confident in the way the business is negotiated and in the way we've, tr- we've treated our employees. We just did a 4% increase in October. We think we're competitive. In general terms, we've all moved quite a bit on the labor side of things, but we still have people at HarperCollins who are wanting more. On, a, on the significant question of whether Judge Pan's ruling blocking Penguin Random House's acquisition would impede a new deal with Harper or other large acquisitions, Murray reacted, I think of it as the door isn't closed to either HarperCollins or Hachette or any big publisher. I think it definitely closed a little. It's not as wide open as it was before. There's a line at the end of the decision that it's likely another publisher comes to buy it. Practically, he suggested, I think there's a question whether the DOJ would want to bring a case against a second publisher. While the DOJ's case was very solid given the math, Murray noted, the math would be very different for a HarperCollins or Hachette deal. Thompson told analysts, Clearly, there is much more work ahead for the lawyers at both companies. The legal documents must already run into many volumes themselves. Actually, one giant ebook, but thanks for the plug. But it is appropriate that the judge rule that the proposed merger would create a book behemoth, literally Leviathan, a titan of tomes that will disproportionate weight in the industry. In People News, at Simon & Schuster Children's Division, Trey Glickman has joined the children's digital marketing team as graphic designer. Greg Stadnick has been promoted to art director for Athenaeum Books for Young Readers and Margaret K. McEldery Books. Nick Skiaka has been promoted to Executive Director of Design and Emerging Technology for Little Simon, Simon Spotlight, and Margaret K. McEldery Books. Tierra Iandiorio has been promoted to Senior Designer for Aladdin and Simon Pulse. Leslie Mechanic has been promoted to Art Director for Little Simon and Simon Spotlight. And Jennifer Rothkin has been promoted to Senior Demand Planner Special Projects for Little Simon, Simon Spotlight, Aladdin, Simon Pulse, and Boynton Bookworks. At the Tobias Literary Agency, Anne Rose joins as literary agent in the adult department. She was previously a prospect agency. At Nelson Books, Lisa Beach has joined as director of publicity. At Verso Books, Colby Groves has joined as digital marketing strategist. At Holiday House and Peachtree Publishing, Lucy Ricketts has joined Peachtree as designer. Most recently, she was a freelance illustrator for clients including GoodRx, Bimbo, Lyft, Honest Co., and Vans. 
Lily Steele has been promoted to head designer. Jennifer Brown has joined Holiday House full-time as creative director of Neil Porter Books and senior art director for the Margaret Ferguson Books and Peachtree. At Barnes & Noble Education, Hunter Blankenbaker joins as vice president of IR, reporting to Thomas Donahue. Most recently, he was head of IR at JustWorks. He replaces Andy Malevoy, who is now senior vice president of IR at 1-800-Flowers.com. In audio news, RB Media has signed a three-year agreement to expand its audiobooks partnership with Chronicle Books. The deal will see RB Media increase the amount of Chronicle Books audio it publishes and collaborate with Chronicle Books on a variety of titles. Tyrell Mahoney, president of Chronicle Books, said, We are excited to expand upon our partnership with RB Media to develop our world-renowned distinctive publishing into compelling audio experiences. This collaboration will ensure that an even wider range of our publishing program will be accessible each season and be heard and enjoyed. And that's the news for today.